when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu. And I'm speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors lost the second game of a preseason showcase in Tokyo, Japan, to the Houston Rockets by a score of 118 to 101. Um, look, I'm just going to keep it real, man. This game was hard to watch. This game was uh, hard to watch. And I'll get into the specifics of the game in just a second. But I just have to say that the Houston Rockets, like, they took 64 three pointers. <laughs> Sixty-four three-pointers, um, and the, the Raptors took thirty-seven, which is already a lot anyway. But I guess that's not uncommon in uh, the modern NBA anymore. But sixty-four three-pointers, like who wants to watch this shit, man? Like who, who wants to watch sixty-four three-pointers? The Rockets took sixty-four three-pointers as compared to thirty-four threes or twos, twos. So I mean, I mean, I guess this is just the way basketball is going. And of course, it's a preseason game. Who cares about all this stuff? I, you know, like it doesn't. Outside of having to watch this game, it doesn't offend me. It doesn't really bother me. But also at the same time, like, man, it's just kind of comical. Like, I get that three is more than two, you know. But, like, bro, 64 threes. I've never seen anything like it, man. Um. Anyway, to the game itself. So, uh, aside from the fact that it was very hard to watch, I thought that uh, the biggest takeaway really is just the Raptors need to improve their defense, which, I mean, that almost goes without saying. It's preseason. Like, obviously, they're not sharp defensively. Um, you know, especially with the Raptors having to move around so much going to Japan uh, with all the time difference, you know, they're losing a lot of time in terms of practice and consistently that's what Nurse has said um, throughout training camp and even, um, you know, in the press conferences uh, over in Japan where he's talked about, yeah, man, we just got to shore up this defense. Like, we got to shore up the defense. Like, and, you know, whatever, that's general coach speak, I guess. But also it's just true. Like, um, if the Raptors are going to succeed this season, they're going to need to be elite defensively and they have the personnel to be elite defensively like uh there were times today where James Harden you know playing mismatch basketball with the Rockets you know calling for a screen and originally he has guys like OG or uh Pascal on him 
and then he calls for a screen for a switch and all of a sudden it's like Pat McCaw on him or like Fred Van Vliet um, or like Ronnie Hollis Jefferson or like Stanley Johnson. And it's just like, yo, where does it end? Is anybody really a you know defensive liability? And quite honestly, like there are guys that make mistakes, but for the most part, the Raptors have the personnel to be really, really good defensively. Um, but there are things that, well, there's two areas I think that really need to be improved. I think one, it's a big adjustment for the new guys to come in and um, adapt to the way the Raptors, or especially the way Nick Nurse wants his perimeter players to play defense. He really wants them to be really tight on the perimeter, which against a team like the Rockets that kind of like, you know, they flop, whatever. There's some preseason flopping going on, man. P.J. Tucker really took a really fluff for a charge in preseason. I mean, I, I mean, I, whatever. I, I watch Kyle Lowry play all the time, so like it's not something I, I you know I complain about, but it, it is kind of funny to see a, a flop in preseason in games that really, really don't matter. Um, but yeah, I mean, the new guys really need to learn how to play defense under the scheme because it is really tricky to be pressed up that high into their man, um, and you know. It's just it's an adjustment. There's probably going to be a lot of fouls. There's probably going to be a lot of fouls in this case anyway. But the gamble is that you um, win it back in terms of forcing turnovers and going the other way in transition. And really, that's where the Raptors were, you know, good on offense today. They weren't really that good in half court offense, um, but the Raptors were able to get on transition and they were able to score a lot that way. Uh, and today they did force the Rockets into 21 turnovers, which is pretty good. The Rockets, uh, despite the fact that they have Westbrook and Harden, aren't really a high turnover team because those guys really just have the ball all the time. So they're not turning it over as much. But, um, yeah, it's, that's just a balancing act, and that's an adjustment for the younger, uh, for the newer guys to, to for the system. And then I would say the other thing is that just defensive rotations, like help schemes, everything like that, it just doesn't look um, fully installed, which is normal. Like, I, you know – you know, we're like this is we're talking about the second game of preseason. They're halfway around the world. Like it's gonna take some time for these things to gel, right? Uh, I think it's you know obviously a huge adjustment watching the Raptors play in like the finals and in throughout the playoffs and how good they were defensively. Like you know they were the best defensive team in the NBA and that's why they um, that's why they ultimately won the title. Um, but yeah, like, you know, the Raptors need to not get back to that same level because I don't expect that, obviously, without Danny Green and Kawhi, but, like, they still have the defensive personnel to be really, really good. So um, that's something that the team needs to work on. And, again, this is preseason, so that's exactly what this time is for, is to work on things like installing your help defense. So um, aside from that, I would say, honestly, one of the things that has intrigued me throughout preseason so far is I'm keeping a very close eye on Pascal Siakam. Um, obviously he's new to this role of being the featured guy. And I talked about it on the podcast, uh, you know, after the first preseason game, you know, Pascal is going to be a featured guy, but he's not really a featured guy in the sense that he's going to have the ball in his hands all the time. Like when you watch what Harden and Westbrook are doing versus how Siakam is playing, just a different story altogether. Um, but I mean, a couple things really one, uh, we haven't seen any really of the mid range game that Pascal has been working on. Which is um, understandable. It's fine. Uh, I I don't really see that many opportunities for it. But also, it doesn't seem like something that the the team, in terms of like coaching, in terms of uh, schematically, it doesn't seem like that's uh, something that they really, really want to prioritize and feature at the moment. Um, you know, there's not like a heavy emphasis on establishing Pascal. And I feel like 
that's something that could change. Like, if you expect Pascal to be a number one guy, like, you got to give him some number one guy touches. And, and you know, I'm not saying surrender the whole offense to Pascal. That's – I don't think that's – he's ready for that. I don't think that's what's going to be best for the Raptors offensively. Um, but, you know, like, give him a couple touches in the post. Like, let him get comfortable first, like, in the first quarter. Like, just give him a couple touches. Keep him – not keep him engaged because he's always going to be engaged and he's going to be involved. But just, like, establish him as a threat early on. I thought that's what they did in the first game where Pascal got a lot of touches um, in the post or, um, you know, at, at the top of the floor with the screen and letting him drive. Like, that stuff is going to um, – Basically, yeah, establish that, yeah, Pascal's going to be a guy. You're going to have to stop him. you got to, you know, think of ways to get in his way and block his path and force him into passing, stuff like that. And that didn't really happen today. Like, Pascal kind of played the type of offensive game today that he played uh, last year, which is, you know, he hit two corner threes. Uh, you know, he got a couple of transition buckets. You know, when the defense kind of broke down, he sort of capitalized and got in the way and, uh, and scored, but... You know, for the most part, it, it wasn't uh, necessarily a standout performance. And it, it's weird to feel underwhelmed about Pascal at this point because, like, objectively speaking, if you look at his 22 minutes, he gives you 16 points on 6 out of 11 shooting, 2 of 5 from 3, nothing wrong there, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. Like, he's a plus 7 in 22 minutes. That's pretty damn good. That's pretty damn good. Like, you shouldn't really be underwhelmed by that. But at the same time, I don't know, man. I, I feel like, you know... I just think, like, it's a work in progress in terms of, like, how the Raptors are going to use him in the offense, how Pascal is uh, going to see himself in the offense, and, and you know, just, uh, yeah, it's a big adjustment. It's a big adjustment in terms of just, like, knowing and understanding uh, where you're going to be uh, and, and how the offense is going to be geared around you. And, uh, yeah, you know, like, I, again, I don't need him to be, like um, – I don't. I don't need him to be like Westbrook and Harden and hold the ball all the time. That's that's not good. But I mean, like honestly, it could be even more of like a Blake Griffin situation. You know what I mean? Like Blake Griffin doesn't have the ball all the time, but it's very clear that the, the Pistons are going to Blake Griffin a lot, um, and he's going to have the ball. He's going to handle the ball. He's going to work the post. He's going to hit some threes. Like he's going to do all that. And, and you know, you kind of just. Uh, I can see Pascal sort of playing a similar role, a little bit more fluid, a little less, you know, power based as as Blake is nowadays. But um, but yeah, that's uh, something that the team has to figure out there. In terms of the rest of the guys in the starting lineup, uh, Norm was really really good uh, in terms of the scoring. Like the Raptors really need to find that second score by committee. There's no obvious candidate. Uh, you know, to be honest, players will step up every night. Uh, because they have a lot of capable guys. Like, Fred's capable of giving you 20. Serge is capable of giving you 20. You know, Gasol's capable of giving you 20. When Kyle's back, he's capable of giving you 20. So, you know, you just need a guy to step up every night. And today, that was Norman Powell. And Norm is also a guy that's honestly quite capable of giving you 20. He just will give you probably another five after that. Um, yeah, I mean, Norm today, 22 points, 7-11 shooting, 5-7 from three. The three-point shot looks uh, really good and really compact. Nothing really different from how he shot it last year, but there was some question as to whether that three-point um, shooting was actually improved last season. As uh, my good buddy Blake Murphy will tell you, three-point shooting takes a long time to stabilize in terms of uh, statistical variance. But, um, you know, just looking at the way Powell's shooting, uh, it's it's more compact, it's a little bit quicker, and most of all, it's just it's repeatable. Like, um, you know, you're you, it's not necessarily the most conventional shot because it looks like his arms are a little too long, but uh, especially last season and now this year, at least seems to have carried over. It's just that, like, yeah, Norm's Norm can shoot, Norm can shoot, Norm shot forty percent last year, 
small sample. We'll see if that holds up. But so far in preseason, he shot up really well today. Obviously, five of seven. He opened like a perfect four for four. So, um, yeah, if he can give you this type of performance, which is not outside of his capability. I'm not saying Norm Powell's going to average 22 points, but I'm just saying that Norm can occasionally give you 22 points. Um, and that's necessary because, again, the Raptors don't have that obvious number two guy. So someone's got to step into that role every night. And today that was Norm. To be honest, Norm might even been a number one guy today, just in terms of his shooting. Like he did, you know, lead the team in attempts with eleven, tied with Pascal. Um, but I thought Norm was good. He was effective. He picked the spots well. Uh, I still wish he did, you know, some playmaking or was more of an impact defender or was more of a future rebounder. But it seems like his role is just to score. And so, if your role is just to score, then you need to. Um, either bring it more consistently or have sort of higher variability in terms of fine. You might give you a five point game, but the next night you got to give me 20 and you know, based on the way Powell has played throughout his career, it's probably the latter is more likely. So uh, I, was, I was, but I mean, yeah, I've been happy with Powell throughout uh, today and yesterday the defensively, uh, you know, he makes some strange decisions like, um, like at one point Westbrook had the ball and he was open for three and Norm Powell came over and helped off, Eric Gordon, one pass away, and it's like, what are you doing? Just let Westbrook shoot that. Westbrook was 3 of 11 from 3 today. Just let Westbrook shoot. But, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he rotated, and then Eric Gordon obviously got a 3. So, you know, these are things that, again, it's not fair to single out Norm for this in particular because, like, if you're going to keep it real, like, Pascal was also pretty bad defensively. There's a lot of guys making mistakes out there. It's it's preseason. Um, I thought Fred was good in terms of his playmaking. So, Fred, 10 points on... Two of seven shooting, one of four from deep. Uh, didn't really knock down the deep threes as he did uh, yesterday or two days ago, but you know it's clear that he's going to shoot those, and he's probably going to make a fair number of them. Uh, and in terms of his finishing down low, I, I, you know, honestly, like he was quick enough to get to the basket. Like that's why he got six free throws in twenty-two minutes. Is mostly because he was his quickness and burst seems to be much improved from last year. I think uh, getting healthy and recovering from that hip issue and. The little back issue had all these other little, you know, uh, strange injuries. Um, I think Pascal, I think Fred just looks quicker, which is good because he, you know, as a small guy, you need quickness. Um, but you know, more than anything else, I, I think that uh, it's the playmaking that was good today, man. Ten assists in twenty-two minutes is very good. Now, I wouldn't say there weren't like ten spectacular dimes. Um, we're talking about more like he had a lot of leakouts in transition where he sort of dished it off, but. You know, that's fine. Uh, that's good. I thought he was in the right position defensively. Like, in terms of guys who are already good at help defense and are already sharp, Fred is definitely sharp in help defense. Uh, Surge is in, in, the, in the right spots as well. Um, it's the rest of the guys around. I mean, OG as well. But the rest of them have to really just have to step up their games defensively. But Fred is sharp on that end. Uh, he actually did probably one of the best jobs on Harden just by sticking with him and not sort of um, getting blown by in terms of like man uh i know it's hard guarding harden but it, it's it's also weird watching him walk to the rim for layups and you got to do something against that so uh, i thought fred did a pretty good job of staying in front of harden at least but yeah it's the playmaking man if fred can if fred's gonna be a starting point guard in this league like double digit assists has to be something that happens like with some kind of regularity um and, you know, I, I don't think it's outside of Fred's capability to do it. Like, it seems like he has a bit better chemistry with Serge Ibaka this year, which I say a bit better uh, only because I'm a little cautious because I saw Fred run so many failed pick and rolls with Serge last year. It was honestly hard to watch. Uh, but if those two can develop some chemistry, it's pretty important because they're probably going to have to carry a lot of the bench offense. 
Um, you know, I think they'll probably both feature a lot in the starting lineup as well, but it's going to change. It's going to go up and down. It's going to be a lot of times where Fred's going to be out there with Surge, and that pick-and-roll combination just needs to be solid, and today I thought it was solid. So good on Fred. I liked his performance. Um, Surge has been sharp from the get-go. He didn't get as much service today in terms of didn't get a lot of touches, but uh, whatever touches he got, he, got the made, he sort of made the most of it. You know, like, uh, yeah, I, I can't really say enough about Serge, man. As a 30-year-old just off a championship, like, he's hungry, man. He just, he wants to play. He wants to compete. He wants to work. And, and he's been really good. He's been really good. Like, 12 points on 5-9 shooting in 18 minutes, 8 rebounds, an assist. Very solid. Right, no complaints whatsoever. Uh, and then OG, the fifth starter. I mean, I feel like people are starting to get on OG a little bit because they're like, wow, we, 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 we hyped you up as uh, Kawhi, the next Kawhi and you're giving us two points on one of five shooting. What's going on? And like, yo, I, I hear that. I get it. Uh, mostly it's your fault for uh, hyping him that way. Like, we got to be realistic. If you look at OG Dianobi, like if you weren't a Raptors fan and you watched OG, you're like, yeah, his best role is to be a P.J. Tucker type. You know what I mean? And he can defend well. He does defend well. Like, he, he's taking charges in the first two games, which is good. It's the reflection of um, his help defense. Um, you know, his on-ball defense has been pretty solid against either Westbrook or Harden. He's taken some tough assignments, and he's actually made the most of it. Uh, and today, he had three steals. Like, it's it's good. It's solid. Um, but, like, yeah, realistically, OG's a fifth option. He's a fifth option. Maybe a fourth option. But if, if he's your fourth option, that's already a bad sign for your offense. So he's probably a fifth option. And if you're going to be a fifth option, you just need to hit corner threes. And um, I just don't think OG had that many opportunities today. Uh, I, and, and in terms of expanding his game and things like this, like, I'm for it. Like, especially in preseason, like, sure, whatever. You want to try something new? Definitely. Let, let's see it, right? Let, this is preseason. is for, like, Ben Simmons to shoot a three against, like, Guangzhou and, like, um, you know, Andre Drummond to break a three. Man, I still feel so bad for Dwayne Casey after watching that clip, man. <laughs> like, we didn't – I mean, he did deserve this, but also he did deserve this. You know, nobody deserves that. But um, anyway, in terms of OG, yeah, he's going to be a fifth option, so – just don't expect that much out of him. Like, if he's going to give you what he gave you as a rookie uh, and show some small improvements in terms of just, like, um, you know, I don't even know, to be honest, like, being a little bit more involved offensively, um, then that's fine. Then that's uh, that's a good season. And to be honest, the, the Raptors do need OG in the starting lineup just because you need someone to actually defend. Uh, you know, if you, especially if you're going to lean more towards a Van Vliet-Lowry combination in the backcourt, you need somebody at three that's big uh, that can take on various assignments, and the best guy at that is OG. Like he's he's been the Raptors' best defender so far in in, in preseason, and uh, yeah, take that for what you will. Uh, in terms of the bench, um, not as impressive from the bench tonight. In terms of like the Raptors starter actually uh, hung more close with the Rockets throughout three quarters uh, tonight, um, but you know the Raptors. Bench, uh, after a pretty impressive, like, 17-point comeback in Game 1, Game 2, not as much. Uh, I would say the organization of that second unit, not great. Like, the fact that uh, nobody on the bench got more than two assists is is a little hard to watch. Now, granted, Mark, he also came off the bench. He should have gotten more than two assists because a lot of his passes were... uh, hockey assists in terms of just leading the fast break uh making the pass that leads to the pass that uh, leads to a goal so you know whatever uh i would exclude mark from this in terms of mark's return from well not return but his first uh taste of preseason he was he was good he was solid like obviously he wasn't uh going all that hard 
But uh, he made all the right plays out there. Really brought a sense of organization to the team, which is important because this team will lose itself a lot on both ends of the floor just because they're young and a little bit uh, wild. And you need an old head like Marc Gasol to just be like, yo, make this cut right here. I'm going to pass you the ball. You're going to take a layup. You're going to do that instead of Pat McCaw running a pick and roll and not shooting the ball. Like, we're going to we're gonna do that with Marc Gasol instead. So you're going to need Marc Gasol for, for that. And I think he honestly, it, it sucks. It, it really hurts me to watch him on the bench because, like, a lot of his talents are wasted. But it also, like, I can see the fit, too, in the sense that, like, these guys just need him, man. They need his playmaking, like honestly, I don't think you'll get better half-court offense out of these bench lineups outside of just, like, two guys make a split cut, Marcus Gasol passes the ball to a guy either on the wing for a three-point shot or for a little pick-and-roll action, uh, or uh, he, he finds a cutter going inside for a layup. Like, that's that's pretty much the best offense you can get out of some of these guys. It's, it's a little bit limited in terms of that. So, um, it's, so between Mark being a little bit slow to start and also Ibaka being so sharp to start, um, you know, I, I could see a case for either guy starting um, at the moment. You know, I th- I think Mark will probably start. And I think Mark is the better player. Uh, but you know, I could I could see a situation where they platoon or they wait for Mark to you know, you know find his rhythm a little bit more because obviously Serge is like pretty much ahead of him right now. But either way, I don't think you can go too much uh, too wrong there. Like I think both those guys are cool with uh, you know splitting some time up and down. And um, today they both played eighteen minutes exactly. Uh, you know. They're pros. They're fine. They're veterans. They've won. They got their money. They're chilling. They they really are chilling. And um, I could see, in terms of basketball, I could see a fit for either Ibaka uh, or Gasol. The case for Ibaka to start really is just like you know, you lose Serge. Or sorry, you lose um, Kawhi. You lose Danny. Like that's a lot of shots. That's a lot of points. And in terms of who's actually going to shoot, I mean, Mark doesn't really want to shoot, and Serge definitely wants to shoot. So like, at least Serge would be more of a a score in that sense to fill in that void, but we're also talking about Serge Ibaka filling in the void of uh, Kawhi Leonard. So I, I'm not going to go any further down this uh, path of propaganda here. Um, who else? Terrence Davis. Yeah, he was, he was, he was fine. I feel like, you know, with Terrence Davis, like you could clearly see the potential. We've seen it like that poster dunk. Um, you know, I, I like his athleticism. I think his shooting plays, I think, uh, you know, he can handle the ball. He's strong. He's explosive. Um, I liked his confidence today. Like it seemed like Westbrook really made a point to go at uh, Ter- Terrence Davis for one reason or another. I don't know. I don't think Terrence did anything to anger Westbrook, but also Westbrook is kind of a loose cannon. So like, who knows? He kind of probably just like makes. Uh, I don't know. Just he makes a point to sort of pick on guys. Whatever, right? He, he's trying to bully the the rookie guy. Cool, but like also, man, Terrence Davis wasn't really bullied. Like I don't know. Um, you know, he blew by Westbrook in the first quarter. Uh, and he actually blew a dunk, which was a little bit embarrassing. Could have gone for a little finger roll and would have made it. Um, whatever. But then the second half, you know, Westbrook talking smack to him, whatever. And Terrence Davis just drives right down the floor, you know, blows past Westbrook with a Westbrookian move, I would say. He's not, obviously not as athletic as Westbrook. Westbrook is like, you know, elite, elite in terms of athleticism. Um, but, you know, blows by Westbrook, gets an and one. And then, you know, Westbrook's talking smack to him at the free throw line, whatever. Terrence doesn't really say anything. And then he hits the free throw. Like, you know. I like that. I like that mentality about about Terrence. Um, so that's that's a lot good to like. I mean, I also like that he rebounds, which is important on this team because the Raptors could use a bit better rebounding, especially off the bench. Uh, but you know, there's also flaws too. There's 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 things that he needs to shore up, and um, I'm hoping that they're rookie mistakes. A lot of them seem preventable, like things like missing blockouts. It's like all right, you know, 
and you're a football player, man. Blocking out should be like second nature for you. Uh, but there was a couple of missed blockouts, you know, in terms of uh, the help defense, not quite there in terms of the scheme. Definitely, it's a, it's a big adjustment going from college to playing pro. And, um, and yeah, a little bit erratic sometimes, it like rushes into the offense, which is very, very normal for our, for a rookie. Like three turnovers today against one assist as a backup point guard, not what you want to see. Uh, and, yeah, he will occasionally – take it into traffic and force a shot, which is a little norm-esque, but also you can see why he's doing it. Like he's a, the bench doesn't have a lot of scoring and B, you know, he's athletic and he can make some of those plays. So uh, these are things you got to refine, but obviously like we're talking about an undrafted rookie. Like obviously he needs to refine some things. So by no means am I knocking Terrence whatsoever. I'm still, I still like him a lot. Uh, but you know, I could see some time in the G league just to sort of, Condition him in terms of this is what you got to do in help defense. You know, do make, uh, this is what you got to do in terms of making reads and just getting familiarized with the Raptors' uh, system. It's it's not the most intuitive thing. So, um, yeah, I would say this is there's both positives and negatives to take from Davis's performance today. Uh, Matt Thomas, he wasn't hitting from three, so he wasn't very useful. Um, Malcolm Miller. Still not sure he earns a spot, only in the sense that, like, man, like, what what does he really do? Like, he's just kind of really passive. Uh, you know, the three-point shot is there, I guess, but I don't know. It's, it's kind of, like, unspectacular. I mean, it's, maybe I'm expecting too much from a G League guy to be spectacular, but just not making much of an impression. Isaiah Taylor, uh, I mean, he played against ahead of campaign today, so that's something, but, man, he, he didn't do much. Uh, minus 10 and 9 minutes. Um, Stanley Johnson. I, I like Stanley Johnson. Uh, I th- I think he's an affable guy. Um, I think he's, I mean, there's no other way to say it. He's, he's just struggled so far. Like it's, 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 it seems like a big transition period for him. The three point shot. So he keeps turning down threes, which, uh, I'm like, all right, that's fine. But are you going to do something with that? Like, are if you're going to take down a turn down a corner three, which is a very valuable shot, maybe not the a shot that he can hit all the time because you know, he's not necessarily a great three point shooter, but if you're going to turn that down, then you got to dribble in and really make a play for either yourself, get to the rim, get fouled, or, you know, dish it off to somebody else and keep the offense moving. And uh, it feels like the offense kind of dies when the ball swings to him a little bit. I, you know, it's a bit mean. It's a bit mean, but if I'm going to be completely honest about it, I, I'm watching this and I'm like, I see a bit of Joey Graham in this, you know, the whole situation here. And I hope, I really, really hope it's not a Joey Graham situation for him. I really hope. But... Also, you can look up the numbers, and uh, it's it's not too far off. But, I mean, I, I think Stanley just needs to familiarize himself with what the Raptors need him to do, find a role, consistent role. It's been a really tough for him in his career so far. It's just not finding a consistent role. His roles changed so much. Find a consistent role, define that, and then just just stick with that role. Like, you know, yeah. Ronnie Hollis-Jefferson, uh, you know, not quite as effective as, uh, as in game one, but also he didn't play as much. You know, whatever he, he gets his hands in places. He's not and actually not a bad passer, but you know, uh, we're talking about an undersized power forward that doesn't really shoot. Uh, you know, he's gonna have to do a lot more than just like give you two assists and two turnovers. Um, O'Shea Brissett, I, I like his energy. His size looks good, but like, yeah, uh, he, he he needs to go to the G League. Chris Boucher, I, I wish he could rebound. Uh, he he does have pretty good rebounding in the G League. Um, setting but in the nba setting where these guys are so much bigger and way more athletic like i don't know man like you can't be you can't be uh bossed around by isaiah Hartlestein, man like that's just that's just not it we don't we don't we don't need you to get bullied by seven foot ross barkley uh and pat mccaw um 
I just I like my point guards that can shoot. It's it's not a it's not a big ask. It really isn't a big ask. But like he's just got to shoot the ball more. Now today, after not shooting the ball a single time uh, on uh, you know, Tuesday, he shot the ball five times in seventeen minutes and got six free throws, which is not bad. Like you just kind of expect that from a backup point guard. But also like if you just watch the game, like all the shots are very hesitant. He's not really confidently going to any of these shots. It doesn't look like he wants to go to any of these shots. And really, it's a little Rondo-esque in the sense that, like, you know, you got a guy who's, like, quick, he, he's a, he's rangy, he's long, he can do some things, but, like, he doesn't really have Rondo's, like, legitimately very, very good playmaking, and he, honestly, Rondo, even even Rondo can get a shot. Like, if you give Rondo, like, a, a lane, he will, he will dunk on somebody, he will go for a layup or anything. Like, I just don't, I don't quite see it with McCaw, like, I don't know. Um, obviously, Nurse likes him, and the organization, I guess, likes him, because they handed him a guaranteed two-year deal but like uh yeah i mean i'm struggling to see the exact fit right now beyond like third string point guard minutes and uh you know the role he played last year in terms of just giving defensive energy but i mean who knows Uh, it's it's training camp for everybody i guess um dewan hernandez came in gave some energy he had some putbacks you know if he has an amir johnson type career i'm pretty happy with that and uh yeah so that's 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 the team um in terms of your three stars, I would give the first star to Norman Powell, obviously. 22 points, three rebounds, and assist, a steal. 22 minutes, 7 of 11, shooting from the field, 5 of 7 from 3. Uh, he's been solid uh, in 22 minutes. I would say then the second star was uh, Serge Ibaka, 12 points, 8 rebounds, and assist, 5 and 9 shooting from the field. And the third star, you can take it or leave it between Fred Van Vliet with his 10 points, 10 assists, or Pascal Siakam, 16.7 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. But I guess relative to expectation, I would give Van Vliet the slight edge there just because, you know, 10 assists is nice for Van Vliet. You know, you want to encourage this type of behavior, passing the ball um, and and creating for others because you kind of need that as a starting point guard. In terms of the Gerald Henderson Award tonight, this this is a tough one. Uh, there's not a lot of great players. You know, I'm giving it to um, to, to Ben McLemore only because he hit the game-winning three at the end. Uh, the Rockets won the game on their 64th three-point attempt of the game. <laughs> what? <laughs> what kind of basketball is this, man? 64 threes. The two teams combined for 101 three-point attempts. They took more three-point attempts than two-point attempts, and the Rockets took twice as many three-point attempts as two-point attempts. This is just unwatchable basketball, man. And they also combined for 73 throws. Like, I get that it's preseason. I guess I, I get that it's overseas, but, man, like, whew, this was tough to watch. So, yeah, Ben McLemore gets the, the – I don't know. He, he hit the game-winning three, so he gets it. And then uh, the Pat Patterson Award, I mean, yeah, sorry, Stanley. It's got to go to Stanley. But uh, the, that does it for the Japan preseason showcase. I'll be back. Well, actually, I'm going to do a podcast right after this with uh, Michael Grange of Sportsnet to sort of uh, talk more about the Kyle Lowry situation um, that he reported on earlier this week in terms of the signing. Uh, and also uh, just, you know, get his thoughts on the team in preseason and things like that. But uh, so look out for that. That's coming out later today on the same Raptors over everything podcast feed, of course. And um Later, on Sunday, the Raptors return home to play their first and only preseason game at home on Sunday night against the Chicago Bulls. I hope you got tickets for this game. Well, I hope you didn't get tickets for this game because what are you doing? But um, that'll be fun. And it'll be fun to see the Raptors in person again. Uh, And so look out for that. But in the meantime, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, 
you know, again, oh, I haven't said the rate review and subscribe to the podcast in a while, you know, like it, it really does help the show, especially for the newer, uh, newer listeners and things like this. If, if you are new to the show like, and you like it, um, which I hope you do, like just rate review and subscribe. It really does help surface the podcast on platforms like iTunes. You know, the show is already, uh, I would say, um, really uh, successful and I'm very proud of it. But, you know, we also want to keep growing and the way we keep it growing is writing review and subscribing and it's free for you to do that you know it's free especially on the app store like just like click five stars it's real simple if you want to write a review say something nice sure i I appreciate that i do read them um so yeah do that if you haven't already and uh, i appreciate if you do and all right peace when it comes to your finances you think you've done it all you've saved you've researched and you've invested all that you can now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.